0: Hello, everybody. This is the sixth episode of the Never Miss Lethal podcast. I'm Jim Class Hero, and joining me today are Charmer and the Justin Larson. How's it going today, guys? It's going good. How are you, man? Splendid. All right. So I guess we're all waiting for this exclusive card reveal. All right. I'll do a fancy little countdown as I find it. And five, four, three, two... One and here we go, boys. Ancestors Battle Axe. It is a seven mana red item. Effect is plus four plus four. When you summon it, give the top creature of your deck four four plus four plus four. Wow, <laughs> I will say I like this card a lot. You know, I've been seeing a lot of cards recently in this reveal, and red is looking really good right now to me. I think one of the first decks I want to try is some kind of big archer build. Uh, I think this card's pretty solid. I mean, it gives your card 4-4 bursts, so it's like a more expensive Dawn's Wrath. But it also gives the next creature on top of your deck 4-4. So if it hits something, depending on what creatures it hits, just adds value to already value creatures. So I'm going to go ahead and pass the baton over to Charmer. And what do you think?
1: So... I kind of really love this card. Um, when I saw it, there were four main things that I immediately thought of. Uh, the first was that this is one of the few items that kind of solo solves the problems that items have. So typically when you play an item, you become vulnerable to 2 for one yourself in the form of being hit by spot removal. And this card is going to provide you value on a second creature. So it kind of mitigates that. Uh, The second thing I thought of immediately, uh, and this is because I play Charger a lot, right, is how well this card synergizes if you play a lot of creatures with charge. Giving something like even just a Nord Firebrand plus four plus four off the top of your deck is absolutely like bonkers insane how good it is, right? And then that segues into the third thing I thought of, which is Prophecy. So uh, Forge Seder Control has been floating around a bit. Uh, while this card I don't think fits into it, uh, Crusader and Prophecy has been on my mind as a result. And so, again, I I think of, like, what does this look like if the top card of your deck is a Protector of the Innocent, right? You go from, like, a meaningless 3-2 to a 7-6 guard that you're triggering potentially off of Prophecy. Like, that's massive. Uh, and then the last cheeky thing I couldn't help but think of was, like, interactions with this card and Merrick. So if Merrick high rolls this, not only do you get like bonuses to your board, but then you're also going to get bonuses to potentially whatever else you draw. So if you think about like uh Breton Conjurers or other things that might be an Amerric deck, you could get like some weird sneaky value and not even be running this card. Right? It would just be a byproduct of the RNG. So uh this card I really like for a lot of reasons, and I'm I'm certainly going to test it in something that's charge heavy. I think that that's where you're going to get a lot of the value.
0: Absolutely. And Justin, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I definitely like this card. Um, I, the, the the thing that I like about it is, kind of hin- hin- alluding to what Charmer was saying, is that um, before the only artif- uh, item that I felt comfortable running in like any deck that could run it was Dawnbreaker, uh, because I felt like it was high-statted enough and uh, immediately impactful enough that I didn't feel like I was going to... I felt like I had gained card advantage with it instead of lose card advantage with it regularly. And um, ancestors battle axe, I love for that reason because it's uh, the plus four plus four is going to be able to let you trade up on board, and the plus four plus four in your deck is just added bonus for later. Uh, I'm really excited too by the the give you know a f- do something the to top creature in your deck mechanic. I think that's really cool, and I'd love to see more cards that do things like that. Um, you know, I think any card that takes advantage of the fact that this is a digital game. Um, and uh, doesn't have to be beholden to the sorts of things that paper card games can do. It's really interesting and really great. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that sort of effect just ends up in, uh, you know, do random X effect. And in this case, you're, you know, doing something that is, is sort of random that you're putting it on the top card of your deck, but you, it, it's a card you would draw anyway. So I think it's great. I, I love these sorts of things.
0: Okay. Well, oh, hey, quick side note Justin, you seem to be ch- a bit choppy, they're saying. Uh, you're cut, you're a bit robotic sounding. Anyway, you can remedy that.
2: Uh, let me plug myself in real quick. No, um,
0: <laughs> it's a so I'll put the mic closer. To my... uh, the, yeah, the internet. Figure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll just have gender then. All right. So, uh, let's give this card a rating. I'm gonna give this bad boy a seven out of ten. I think it's strong. I really like it. Uh, turn seven, busting, adding four four and stats to the board. Depending on your board, it could be pretty insane. It's also, I also like time investment cards. Uh, like down the road. Good uh, charmer. What would you rate this?
1: Um, I would give it a solid five out of seven stars, and <laughs> I say that both because of the meme and because <laughs> while I'm a big fan of it, it's certainly not. It's not strong enough that it's going to be like ubiquitous, right? Not every strength deck wants to run this, but I can think of certainly some uses for it in um, some mid-range, and I could think of some uses in, obviously, aggro and things with charge. Um, again, the secondary portion, the summon is really what makes this card because you you're not getting two-for-one, and then anytime you're looking at anything that costs seven or even really like five or six, you have to immediately think like, okay, what happens if I get javelin? What happens if I get belligerent giant and this gives you some insurance. So I really like it.
2: Yeah. yeah I, I got to agree with uh, that with the, the summon effect is definitely the interesting part and why I want to play it. I think the card will see playing constructed. I don't think it's going to go in a whole, every deck that could run it, but uh, I give it a, I get a, Seven, six or seven out of ten for sure. I'm excited to play with it. It's going to be great in arena.
0: Oh, absolutely! Oh, wow. yeah, that's lovely. All right, cool. So I think that's the card. Hope you all enjoyed the chat. As we go ahead, I guess we'll segue into the next topic. Article recently released well, today called "In-Depth Look into Heroes of Skyrim." Have you guys seen this article? I'm assuming you have. I'll link.
2: It's it. really good read. I liked liked it. It was a little overwhelming, actually.
0: Overwhelming. All right, nice. So, let me kind of segue into the first card. Uh, This one I really liked. (laughs) It's Dragon's Fury, 4 mana. Deal 3 damage to a creature and 3 extra damage for each friendly dragon. Oh, wait, that only targets its creatures, doesn't it? Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, the right. creature part's what really kind of holds it back. I mean it's still good and it's really good in arena, I think. Um but I the creature part is the bummer there.
0: Mm. Okay, so I actually misread this card wrong. I thought it was do three damage for each Because I was gonna hope to just swarm dragons and then go face with this, but still pretty solid removal. I mean, hey, if you have one dragon on the field, it's a four mana six. So that's pre- damage, that's pretty sweet. Um So, they're kind of showing us a range... So, speaking of dragons, they're showing us a range of dragons at all different costs, it looks like. Which, I think, just benefits this card, as it'll be easier to have multiple dragons which take out a big creature, especially. Uh, I mean, yeah, the whole can't-hit face holds it back, but I guess it might be flat-out broken if it could hit face. Uh, What are your guys' thoughts? I like seeing, um... Like, uh, ubiquitous... Uh, Justin, think you might have cut off.
1: Pearl? Yeah, he may have. He does have some internet issues. For those of you who are wondering why he doesn't stream and why he only does YouTube, this is this is the <laughs> reason why. Yeah. Um, he's let me know on several occasions that he has some some internet issues. Okay,
0: oh, no problem. I think we can kind of trek on a bit uh, while so, we're waiting. Well, I was going to say
1: just just real quick for me. Um, I think the value for constructed play is actually pretty hard to judge right now without seeing uh, what other dragons are going to be available specifically in intelligence and then thinking about what ones you would want to pair with this for control. Because it only targets creatures, you're you're really likely using this for control. And so you have to say, all right, what dragons am I playing also in control? And what four slots am I taking out to put this in? Because you're not replacing lightning bolt for this, I don't think. So, you know, is this better than Schemer? Is this better than Hive Defender? And so on and so forth. For, like, if you're saying, like, control mage or other, you know, intelligence-based control archetypes. So if there are dragons that are good enough so that you're wanting to play them already, then this rises in value. But without knowing that, I think it's hard to judge. I
0: have to agree with that. That's a good point. Without knowing fully what dragons are out there and what to pair them with, you wouldn't really know if this is worth it. And the, the fourth spot, uh, I don't think I'd want to take Lightning Bolt off for this. Especially often, depending on the control deck you're, you're playing, Lightning Bolt often is enough to many issues. Depending on your pairing as well, you may have other removal options.
1: Yeah, so the other thing that stands out to me is Lightning Bolt kind of, like, has defined our format for a bit in terms of like what's playable and what isn't. Um, you know, you think of cards like Quinwell Burglar and then like even as strong as Markarth Bannerman is, it sometimes doesn't make the cut in some decks just because of like the ubiquity of lightning bolt, right? Um, this set may or may not produce a bunch of creatures that lightning bolt just doesn't kill. So if, if we suddenly see like a huge influx of either five cost creatures uh, or, excuse me, five health creatures or six health creatures that Lightning Bolt isn't getting the job done on its own, um, Dragon's Fury could end up being more attractive because with just one dragon, you're suddenly killing things that Lightning Bolt isn't killing, right? So the presence of what you're playing against might also dictate the value of this. But again, until we see more, it's hard to judge.
0: An excellent point. I think that's solid. Uh, hmm I guess so. Uh, yeah, will kill fight depending on decks though. Huh. So I'm gonna rate this card maybe because we don't because it's in the shadow we don't really know what we have here. So I'm gonna say a five out of ten until we get more info on dragons and such. Give me just a moment. I'll be right back. But Charmer, do feel free to share your thoughts on rating for this card.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think that a 5 out of 10 is fair. I would give it a slightly higher rating, uh, slightly higher pick rate for Arena. Uh, I'm going to keep talking like you're not falling down the stairs. And yeah, I think in Arena, because, you know, removal is priority and it's a common, that can't be understated as well, right? Commons are really important because that means you're more likely to draft those. Um, I think it's solid. I think it makes intelligence which was already a great arena choice, that much better. Um, and uh, as a sneak peek at the cards that we're about to discuss, uh, I think this Intelligence Dragon also makes uh, Intelligence a great arena choice as well. But
0: oh, unmute myself. Okay, I already, already unmuted. Sweets. Right, I agree on that. Okay. Actually, we have some interesting concept from the chat. Decent card of Dragon's ROP. Laser states, and a normal control deck, Crushing Blow is better, but goes well with Ally. Huh, interesting. So it is a more costly Crushing Boat, uh, Boats, <laughs> below on its slow. You need a Crushing Boat card now, though. Uh, it is a pretty good Crush rep, uh, replacement of Crushing Blow. Hello? <laughs> hey there, Justin. We can hear you. Sorry. No worries. Alright, so just talking about Dragon's Fury, the card, the four mana blue card. Deal three damage to a creature, and the reaction damage for each friendly dragon. Uh, I was mentioned that this could replace Crushing Blow, in a sense. And blue decks, sure, I yeah. want to run that. I mean, it helps with the ally, as it was mentioned, and that's a pretty good concept. I'm still mostly unimpressed with this card, because we don't know, but... I mean, if it hit face, it'd be probably too good. <laughs> really too good, but yeah. Your thoughts, Justin.
2: Uh, added to Blue's arsenal and arena, but I don't anticipate seeing this, having to see a lot of play. The one thing that it does excite me is that it has the potential to fairly easily kill six toughness creatures like um Night Shadow or Preserver of the Root. You know, both those cards have played quite a bit and Blue sort of struggles to remove those occasionally. So that's my only thought on it. Hmm. Yeah. If it is good, it'll be good in a deck that doesn't exist really in any form right now.
0: Control sorcerer dragons, let's go. All right. That's right. So rating from one to ten. For potential? Yeah, potential. So we don't actually have an idea. Justin? Not Charmer's just I am Justin. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, what's your rating of the card?
2: Oh, I said five for oh! potential. Oh, I thought you said
0: four potential. Okay, I didn't have the five. All right, well, we'll move on to the dragons, which is the tribe of choice, it seems, for this one. Uh, I guess the first one, Mystic Dragon. I don't have too much to say about this card. Four, 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 prophecy. Uh, I guess they were keeping Arena in mind, or synergies. if there's... We don't know if any cards have further synergies or prophecies, so that might make this card worth it. Oh, man. Really and That's know. the
2: first card I saw that I'm 100% sure is going to see play. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you, Justin. Really? I am
1: very high on this card. I tweeted about it immediately.
0: Okay, I need your opinions now. Go.
1: So for me, when I think of like any of the aggressive decks that are running Intelligence right now, a lot of them are running Royal Sage, just because it's a 4 for a 4-4 body. And with the exception of the occasional high roll on charge or ward, um, more often than not, you're just getting four for a four, four. And if I have my choice, I take prophecy over the maybe high roll every day of the week. Uh, Those are quality stats. I think this goes right into any prophecy battle mage. Um, I could even see this being played in uh, potentially some control decks because the four, four stat line is enough to trade into many of the smaller creatures. Um, like, I'm I'm a big fan of this card, and that's not counting potential dragon synergies that we may or may not have, so.
2: Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there are a lot of times, like, I, going back to Preserver of the Root, which I just mentioned, there are a lot of times when you're the slower, more reactive deck where you play that turn three or turn four, and you know it's going to die as a 4-4, four, four, but you're fine with having just a 4-4 four, for four, four so you can get to your late game. This card is going to fulfill a similar function in those decks, and also, you know, it could in those control decks. And additionally, is going to be in all the uh, all of the Battlemage Prophecy decks.
0: Okay, yeah, Prophecy Battlemage can make use of this. Personally, I know in the force in the force slot, uh, there's other cards I'd like. <laughs> I'd rather have for blue. I mean, honestly, I think if I'm playing Sorcerer, I'd probably be want Royal Sage to be quite honest. I mean, yeah, yeah. Tr- the chance of tr- I mean this in a sorcerer deck mid range, the, the Mystic Dragon versus uh is it Royal Sage, I'd probably go for Royal Sage personally. And accounting the tyro potential is pretty insane. The potential for charge is always nice. I mean sure you're playing you're rolling the dice, but I guess for prophecy in a sense, you're also rolling the dice. And if I'm I trying mean, what you're saying?
1: Oh I was gonna say for me, like it's not just the intelligence comparisons or even the four slot comparisons. Like I think of all the prophecy battle mage decks that run like Gratwood ambusher. And yeah,
2: exactly.
1: this card, in my opinion, would completely replace that slot at a minimum, mm. assuming you're not running it alongside it because it plays cheaper. If you're playing it from hand, it has better stats. And more often than not, I just don't care about the ping from the ambusher. So
2: ironically, the only time the Gratwood ambusher ping is really relevant is in the mirror match. Right. In the mirror <laughs>
0: Well, all right. Well, we're seeing here. People are saying control sorcerer. This card can go in. I guess this could enable it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess this is a more defensive card. But I'm not sure if that's con- if more prophecies are what control sorcerer really needed. I mean, prophecy's always good though. But yeah, I'll rate this card personally. Um, I'm gonna say not too impressed. Maybe I'm just looking at it at the wrong angle. I mean, it's definitely better for. A slower deck, in my opinion. I mean, like, or, versus, or Prophecy Battle Mage. So I'm going to say a solid 4.5 out of 10. No, 5 out of 10. And Justin, your thoughts here Hearing...
2: Give it an 8. I expect to get killed by this thing many times. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs>
0: That's funny because
1: 8. Eight is exactly where I'm going to value it as well. Um, again, without seeing anything else, just thinking about what we've seen revealed and what we know is the current meta, I would expect this to be played, and that's not counting potential dragon synergy.
0: Mm-hmm, true, dragon synergy does give it a bit more points as we find out more. All right, speaking of dragons here, overall being Seto Kyber, this expansion, we got Spine of the Elder Blood. Aside from having a cool name... It's a 6-mana, six 6-6, six, six, purple dragon, summon gain, plus 1 max magica. I must say, I really like this card. As in... Uh, it just actually gives more... I mean, I kind of wish I had a keyword to it. Like, I wouldn't mind if it was a 6-mana, 5-5 guard, but... Maybe I'm just thinking too greedily. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not a card designer. <laughs> <laughs> really like this card. Spine of the Elder Blood, I mean... Adding more ramp options to decks, as in, I've been experimenting with Scout, for instance, removing tree minders. This tree minder feels kind of bad as a temple loss, but having spine, something like Spine of the Elderblood may be nice to throw in there. Ramp, uh, some of the other ramp decks, that Ramp Warrior has some popularity. Having another ramp option to try to trigger those Groves, as well as do those Rage from Hand combos to get more mana. Uh, having that is great as well, I think. And maybe the ramp variant of spell circuit use this, but I like it. I just like, I also like ramping playing big cards. So I'm passing it off to Justin. What do you think?
2: It's uh, really fun looking. I'm definitely going to play with this card. I think that, um, I think the you know, the obvious way to take the dragons uh, in this set, since they all cost a little bit much, is to put them in a ramp package. So the opportunity to play this with, uh, you know, you're already going to be playing purple if you're ramping more than likely. So, I uh, I like this card a lot. I'm
0: excited to play it. Okay, and what do you think, Charmer?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of potential, uh, just beyond the the ramp, right? Like even just a six six for stick uh, for six. 6-6 six, six for sticks, guys. Um, <laughs> sticks. The, the stat line, you know, Satan's stat line, if you will, is <laughs> is good enough um, to, like, say, be played in Arena and some other formats. And then by adding that, you gain max Magicka. Um, you can now put it into decks that are focusing on a ramp strategy to give you something Hail hitting pass. the board that's relevant before your ultra-late game, right? So instead of waiting for your Blood Magic Lords or your Manticores if you're in spell sword or so on and so forth. Um, you know, this this is a turn later than your Hiss Mage, right? So that is a pretty significant you know, amount of stats. Um, in many ways you could almost see Ramp kind of shy away from being a more control package and maybe even go into more of like a beatdown style of play, almost like the proactive control monk uh, in many ways because of this card. I do also really like that it's another ramp option so that you're not stuck uh, running only Tree Minder. So you you don't have to run like hisgrove and Tree Minder, um, you know, if you're not in the scout package, right? Like if you want to try Sorcerer Ramp or you want to do Spell Sword Ramp, you now have other options to trigger your Hissgrove. So um, I like what it's doing to the game. I like... I think that that middle ground of like, okay, I've played some of my early game, but I'm not at my late game. What do I do? Uh, I think this card is like in that, that right spot, um, and it will definitely see some play.
0: Right, I'm definitely going to give the Satan Dragon a 9 out of 10. <laughs> I think this card is... I love this card. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I forget. I, love I think I love everything about this card from the artwork, which, by the way, the set's artwork is freaking amazing. I guess we'll get into that a bit later. But, man, I love everything about this. And no, I totally agree. It's beautiful. <laughs> it creates the effect, the stat line's solid. This is what I'm talking about for your ramp decks. I mean, this. maybe I'm being really biased, 9 out of 10. Maybe a bit more appropriate it be 8 out of 10. But what are your thoughts? Uh, Justin, just hop it off to you. I gotta
2: call out PDMD28 for uh, talking some smack about my Argonian ramp friends who have served me well for a year <laughs> now. First of all, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, sir? The Tree Minder will live forever. Oh no, Tree minder's not mad. <laughs> I'm good. gonna give this, uh, you know, seven and a half for eight out of ten. I think uh, it'll see play. I like it. All right, nice, 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 and
0: that's a oh, it's a rare too. Good, 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 actually and what are your thoughts charmer
1: um i mean i don't think i can give it anything other than a six 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 out of ten but yeah i mean i it's gonna see play um whether or not the card itself ends up being the reason that decks win it's certainly gonna enable archetypes that have kind of fallen by the wayside um so i think the conservative like safe rating would probably be like an eight out of ten but like that's it's good enough it's definitely going to see some play um yeah i mean it it requires hard removal and if you're spending it on this you're not hitting blood magic lords or other things it uh advances your strategy for the decks that do want to play it Uh, you know it's like you said the only thing it's really missing is guard right like if this had guard um this would be like a 10 out of 10 auto include in any ramp strategy I agree,
2: um, this would be meta defining with guard. Yeah.
1: yeah. With, but even without guard, I think it's still good enough. Um I think PDMD in chat uh hit the nail on the head for me as well, which is that this is a fantastic Tribune target, which is not to be forgotten.
0: Point. Excellent point. Six healing is always nice. All right, that moves this moves us on to another sweet dragon. Which I was okay, you know, on a side note. This is kind of uh, bothering me. I always feel like Elder Scrolls Legends maybe uh, are wyverns, actually, than dragons, so on account they only have two legs. I don't know. if everyone feels that way. But I feel like they're like actually wyverns, like smaller dragons that have wings. But I digress. <laughs> Undying Dragon. This is a 6 mana, 5, 5 dragon, yellow drain, that has plus 5, plus 5, While you have 30 or more health. And I think this card looks a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking at this towards more of a some kind of monk list running this. Um, Honestly, with all the. I mean, Monk recently got a nice healing card with additional other healing options available. I think Heal Monk looks like amazing, especially because. If you attack once with this at 1010 10, you know it can really just take the game just to can just to kind of clip any confusion I, it's it doesn't keep getting five five as you sign a pilfer for effect if you have 30 or more it becomes a 10 10 if you ever dip under 30 it becomes a five five if you were able to get up, back up to 1 thir- to, to 130. That's kind of crazy to thirty it becomes a ten ten again. I like this a lot drain, yeah and i like the i like the concept of of healing kind of decks and I'm liking the interactions with the with your maximum health actually having a factor in there of course it might you just might play an understated card, but it's even if you don't have thirty health, it's still a five five drain, <laughs> so in like a control of the list sure um. Uh, in any list it's a 5-5 five, five drain, so if you're behind, it's just fantastic because you can get back in there. And I think the train's pretty relevant. And I'm gonna hand this one off to Charmer. Your thoughts.
1: Um I really dig this as a control card. So the drain is certainly relevant. Uh the five health is relevant because it can't be lightning bolted. Um, again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the Dragon's Fury, which is if enough cards that are being played are above four health, that thing rises in value. So it can't be lightning bolted. It doesn't have guard like Protector of the Main does. So you can hide this in the shadow lane if you're, uh, you know, in need of it. It doesn't have breakthrough. So it doesn't have the same problem that, uh, Night Shadow has. You can safely trade into creatures and still survive. Um, I think there's a lot going for this in terms of like what it wants to do as a potential like stabilization card. And if anything, I would say my one complaint is that the dragon's name is undying, but it, it's not that the dragon's undying. It's that it keeps you from dying. So it should be more like, you know, Leaf-bot friendly Heelbot dragon or something. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, I think that, I think that for the control archetype, type. um, that this is a this is a quality include this is this is what Quinral Burglar should have been. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean Burglar has has its uses. Like I'm being unnecessarily harsh, but this is certainly better than Burglar if you're playing a control strategy.
0: Or Khajiit, no love, <laughs> but all right. And your thoughts, Justin, on the Wyvern? Um. Yeah, I like this card quite a bit.
2: I think that it's definitely good in control it you know right now you're kind of looking at a very limited pool of uh large drain creatures that you can slap out there to try to get back into a game you know mostly you're relying on night shadow or maybe you're trying to pull off something cheeky with uh uh the hungering guy the four one that gets drained when you put it in the shadow lane <laughs> ravenous, hunger. <laughs> yeah, ravenous, hunger. ravenous hunger but uh I think that there's, there's a a spot for this in a mid range strategy too. Uh, and the the ones I'm thinking of is that are the ones that, um, in, in your aggro matchups to stabilize obviously. And then the plus five five is sort of incidental. Um, and you use it against control to get to a point hopefully pretty easily where you can gain card advantage off of cards like triumph at Yarl or golden saint or, you know, stuff like that, that, uh, are going to give you, you know, because you're breaking your opponent's runes, you want to stay, uh, you know, at least as evenly matched as possible in resources. So, yeah, I think that uh, it's got a spot in, uh, in a mid-range strategy that abuses those cards, too.
0: Okay, yeah, definitely. I think the dream with this card is, like, being low on health, having it on the board, and then hitting a nice rage combo, and suddenly cleaning your opponent's board while having a 10-10 left over. <laughs> it's just pretty... It's pretty sweet to think about. But I'm gonna go ahead and give this card I like it a lot. I like Drain. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. And Charma, your thoughts, your rating.
1: Um I think that it's really good, but I think I'm only gonna give it a seven out of ten because you know, comparatively I gave uh spine an eight out of ten. I don't think this will be played as much as spine, but I think that it will be played. Um I think that there's another uh, set of there's already a good set of ways to gain life for a lot of control decks that are potentially more reliable because they don't have to live for a turn. So this might compete with those, but I think that this still has a place. And I, I said a bunch so far, but I'll keep saying it. We also still don't know what other dragon synergies exist, so that plays a big factor. Um, but I think I would give it a seven out of ten.
0: Okay, solid. And Justin, did I ask that Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think that there are metas that, like, this card is sort of not going to perform at all in. Um, and, it may, you know, it kind of remains to be seen whether that's what we're going to end up with. Uh, like, I mean, there are decks that can kill you before you can get this online and start swinging, in which case it's a dead draw in your hand. And there are decks that uh, are never going to let you use it at all um, because they're going to remove it, and they have enough removal to be able to handle the, you know, relatively small number of bombs you have. Uh, I think that, so I'm going to give it a, a 6 out of 10 because I, I think it will see play, but I, I don't think it's going to, uh, you know, it's a niche role that it's playing, and uh, I like what it's going to do for some decks that I want to play, but I'm not sure it's going to uh, have a big impact.
0: Okay, very good. Well, let's go ahead, and speaking of Dragon Synergies, we have some. There is a card I really like, Woodland Lookouts. He is a 3-mana, three three, 4 one. Wood Elf, green card. When you summon a dragon, gain four health. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. First of all, three mana, three four is pretty cool on its own. There, not too bad. As well as getting, I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure like cost wise for dragons. during the lower cost dragons. But either way, you know, if this is this is something your opponent will like, like. Not only does this trade well against aggressive decks out there, but also if you just play a dragon, you just gain four health. So depending on what dragon you played, if it had if any dragon, if any other dragons have prophecy, this could be insane. I think this is a pretty sweet card overall. I could definitely see testing this out. Uh, I think control assassin is something I like to play I try playing. Uh, often healing may be an issue. This depending on what dragons are out there, this could be pretty reliable. I mean it does have to survive a turn, then you actually have to play other creatures. But if it does survive one turn. But it does. If it based on a lightning bolt, that's pretty cool too. I think, honestly, getting the yeah. opponent to spend lightning bolt on this. You play this on turn three. They have to spend their turn four, getting rid of it. Sounds great to me.
2: The lightning bolt, I, you know, idea is actually exactly why I like this card. Um, you know, they had me at three, four for three. Honestly.
0: Oh, absolutely. And your thoughts? Okay, so Justin, please your thoughts.
2: Interrupt. But what I mean is that the removal most likely to take care of this costs more than the threat does. So I think it's pretty good. I mean, the, the three life gain or or the four Mm. life gain when you play dragon is cool. And I think that there will be a life gain monk dragons type, uh, type of deck coming out of this expansion. But, um, it's just those base stats. The three, four for three, I think is what's going to make this playable. And, uh, I like what it does. You know, I like playing decks that take a little bit of damage in the early game to draw some cards and then stabilize. And this fits perfectly in with my strategy.
0: So, absolutely. And your thoughts, Charmer?
1: Um, I think stat-wise, this card is great. Uh, like you guys are saying, uh, I I basically agree. I think that the three four for three uh, makes it attractive for a lot of reasons, but. For me, I I look at this as a potential ramp scout card. Um, you know, I was saying earlier that the Elder Spine might make it so that Tree Minder isn't as required. I'm not saying you abandon it entirely, but it's not as required. And so if you're transitioning your Tree Minder slot to Elder Spine, and if you're running Scout, which means you might already be running Naha Gleeve, you might already be running Odavang, and then Gods knows what else, um, this becomes a pretty attractive. Uh, you know, three cost card that you can play just for the stats, and then maybe later have some synergies to get you some burst healing that uh, sometimes scout is lacking. So I, I really like it in a potential ramp scout with some dragons.
2: Totally agree with you, man. Like, um, I'm in ramp, Sc- ramp dragon scouts. One of the decks I'm looking forward to building the most, and um, taking out Moonlight Werbat for this, I think, is going to be a pretty easy swap.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I love this card, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a 9 out of 10, I think. A lot of green decks that I like to play, some kind of style. I think this is going to be awesome. Um, your, your rating, Justin?
2: Yeah, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. I'm i sh- I'm sure this card will see you play. play. Uh, the Monk and Scout Dragon decks don't have hard counters. I think this is going to be a card we're seeing a lot of.
0: Okay, and Charmer.
1: Uh, I would also give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I think that in the archetypes you want to play it in, it'll certainly see play, but I don't think that it's strong enough to rate as like a 9 or a 10, because it's not like quite ubiquitous to like all agility plays, and it's certainly not um, the sort of thing you're considering in every deck archetype, but it will certainly help uh, the builds that you're specifically you know, targeting the dragons in and, and late game style of play. Okay. You
2: know, Chad is a good point too that this is a common card. And I wanted to say that I really like that, uh, you know, we're seeing stuff that's going to allow for some dragon synergies in draft. I think adding another layer of complexity to uh, another layer of depth to the draft uh, process is going to be really exciting.
0: Oh, for sure. All right. So our next dragon synergy card in the industry one Ancient Lookout. Whenever hits a two mana, two, three skeleton, whenever you summon a dragon a 1-1, Dragor Sentry with Guard. Now, this card, I'm looking at this as... It's hard to say, because without seeing all the dragons, I don't know. So, in one deck, I was thinking of maybe a token strategy. You know, depending on the lower-cost dragons that, I don't know, like, maybe like Mother Dragon or something. Cheap card that summons a token or another token dragon. I can proc this, or even just a token. It wasn't a dragon. It could practice effect multiple times. Uh, synergizes with Bone Daddy, which is kind of cool. And I guess in Control, since it's summoning a guard, that could be pretty relevant. Kind of slow the damage to your face down. But overall? Huh. I mean, 2-mana two 2-3 two, is cool. Doesn't add a Fireball. Still does X-Q, Crushing Blow. But they're using Crushing Blow on this. I don't think you're too upset. I think it's okay. Justin, what's your thoughts? Um, so at first I thought this was like really weak and then I
2: started thinking about how many control decks. Oh, I have put uh, Dragon Tail savior in <laughs> and, um, I think this card has more potential than I gave it at first. Uh, assuming you're running like a critical mass of dragons, I think it could definitely play a role in a deck that doesn't really exist right now. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not we'll see it. It depends on what else we're presented with, but I do like the design. I mean, Weak though, on its own, in my opinion. Okay,
0: fair enough. And your thoughts, Charmer?
1: So, I'm really middle of the road on this card because when you imagine all of the all of the scenarios where this could go right, it starts to sound really amazing. A two three for two is good enough. Um, You know, we've seen decks that run the uh, guy that reduces the cost of items that don't even have main deck items just because he was a 2-3 for 2 and Mm -hmm. had ally synergies, right? Like, a 2-3 for 2 is enough. Um, The fact that he summons uh, a 1-1 with guard when he triggers means that he has the potential to protect himself. So, against other aggro decks, just by getting one trigger, you might prevent them from trading into it, and then that might buy you time to get another trigger and just kind of, like, speed bump things. So that's pretty good. Um, but that's, like, the, the good part, right? Like, that's what's going well for it. The downside, in my opinion, is that, one, it's a two-drop, and we haven't really seen, like, a ton of three-drop dragons, right? And this isn't a dragon or a shout. This is specifically a dragon for the trigger. So I don't know how often you're going to, like, play this and then get a trigger on curve, uh, again, with what we've seen revealed so far. So the likelihood of that scenario where I said, well, you could play it and then maybe protect himself is lessened. And I honestly think that, um, you know, everybody's going to naturally say like, well, this could die to execute. And that's true. And I'm okay with that. But the biggest problem I have is so like, like everyone else and like we're doing right. When I read this article, I read this top to bottom linear fashion. So I was like, well, you know, executes a problem, but okay. But um, you know, you know, Further down below in this article, we get our Pastry Mage buddy um, who will see play. And I think that's another knock against this card. So for as much as this could have going good for it, I think there's also enough going bad for it that I'm just kind of, you know, like it's very middle of the road for me right now. Um, Also, it's a Skeleton, so it dies to Dawnbreaker. Not that that matters, but worth noting. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I just, I feel like there's enough going bad for it right now and oh again without seeing other cards without knowing how consistently i'd be able to trigger this the following turn because if you get one trigger i think you get your values worth and if you don't get one trigger i'm not impressed so i don't know if if, i'll jump ahead right i'll say all right so if i was going to rate this right now based on what's revealed i would give it like a six out of ten the six is on the high end potential um, but I'm not I think that there's enough knocks against it to not be super excited.
0: Okay, I agree. I'm gonna actually give it more of a five out of ten. It's uh one hand looks gonna be pretty strong. On the other hand, is almost like a card I don't wanna play by itself, if that makes sense. Like I'd rather maybe play it at turn five and have a dragon in hand or hope it survives, but I mean, it has potential, again, Again, I'm looking at token synergies myself, maybe a token spell sort list with this, Just depending on what dragons are, there's a dragon for three mana, I'm going to play that, and this, and then a dragon, it's pretty sweet, I think. But, I mean, without further information, I'm going to leave it at 5 out of 10. Uh, Justin, your rating?
2: Yeah, I, I'll agree with the 5 out of 10, but this is also a card I'm prepared to be completely wrong about once the rest of the set is revealed.
0: Okay, cool. Let's move on. Another shout was revealed. This one's interesting, Call of Valor. So when you summon, when you play okay, so for those who don't know what your shouts are, they're any type of action that um, each one each time you play one, it gets stronger. So there's three levels for each shout. Um I don't believe there's gonna be a fourth mystical iron level that if you get one back. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be kinda cool, but uh so Call of Valor, summon a 3-3 Guard Hero. Uh, I'm going to assume that Sovngarde Hero is a vanilla card. I don't believe it tells us what that is. So the first, I mean, 3-3 stat line for 3 is not that's best, not the worst. But uh, it's a 3-3 vanilla card, I'm assuming. I don't really know if it will have effect. But I can assume it's a 3-3 vanilla. Second time you cast it, you summon two 3-3s. For three. So that's, that's pretty much a 6-6 for 3 mana. And then the third time you cast it, full in lane with three threes. That's what, 12-12 worth of stats for three? That, yeah, this card's, this card's good. I like it. Uh, I can see this in, I mean, we're not so sure what Sovngarde Hero does, but all I know is that that third cast is pretty amazing. So go ahead, Justin, what are your thoughts?
2: It is, uh, so what it, what one of the things that I think that is important to think about is like what people are going to be playing at different stages of like the deck building process once the expansion is released. I think this card is obviously playable, uh, and it has an obvious amount of power behind it. And so I anticipate seeing a lot of this in the first few weeks of the expansion being out. Um, a bunch of homes, you know, I mean, you could put this in most green, or I'm sorry, most, uh, decks that run yellow and, uh, you know, probably do pretty well with it. One of the things I like about this is that being that Shouts are actions, um, this is the sort of card that uh, I think an action mage list might be interested in running, so I like that uh, aspect of it as well. Um, It's very straightforward, but I think it's powerful enough that it's worth looking at every time you put together a deck with willpower in it.
0: Okay, very cool.
1: And your thoughts, Charmer? I... I was really, really excited for the agility shout, and I was, like, day one going to build something that was going to focus on that, but I think that this one trumps it. Um, this this is, in my opinion, the best of the three shouts we've seen, because it is good on the first cast. Um, not that the agility one isn't, but this one is is significantly better on the first cast, and not knowing how often you're going to get more of them. I think that's very relevant. But even going to the second cast, right? So the agility shout goes to, like, an undercosted costed Malefic Wreath, which is great, right? That's why I was super excited. I was like, I, I want to play something agility control. That sounds fantastic. This takes you to 6-6 worth of power for three on just the second cast. That is, like, borderline absurd, in my opinion, in terms of stats, Right um it's it's a literally like half a golden saint but in terms of cost but you only you shave one power of toughness sauce like yeah you don't get the card but like who cares right like you get an insane amount of stats for that and that's not counting if you've already got a divine fervor or god knows what else is there um and then when you get to the third one um you know you're you're flooding a lane for just three magica so if somebody does swipe your board you can flood one lane and then drop whatever else on the other side like this, this card is going to be really good for uh, aggressive strategies. I think this card is just even good enough in control strategies because once you get even to the second cast, if you you know get some quality trades out of it, then you can start 2 for one things with this. Um, I think Justin is right. I think Action Mage certainly wants to play this. Um, I think that anything that runs Atromancer wants to play this because if you thought Nord Firebrands were a problem um atromancer for four and then fill uh the lane for like three more right you're gonna have the one flame guy but you know you're gonna play one card and get three more guys out of it uh you might see instead of you know merrick battle mage uh atro combo you might start seeing mage control atro combo like uh this, this card is just good. It's really good. It's really good in Arena, in my opinion, because, again, even if you never cast a second or a third one, a 3-3 three, three for three is just good enough. And if you happen to run across something that levels up a shout or a second copy, um, I, again, I think level two of this is good enough to to make it worth it. Like I, I'm very high on this card. This card is very, very good, in my opinion. Yep, I totally agree. 100%. I'm
0: going to give this card... 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> and Charmer, your
1: thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... I think it's... I don't know. I might actually just flat out just give this a 10 out of 10. Like, this will be played day one, and I am really confident that this will be played day 30. Like, unless there's something that's not printed, right? So I will throw, always throw that caveat. Unless there's something not printed that outright neuters this, this is good enough without any other synergies. No shout, extra synergies. No divine fervor synergies. Like just throwing three of these in your deck is good enough.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I'll, I'll give it a. I'll give it a nine out of ten too. Um, I'm saving ten out of ten for like something that's obviously broken. But uh, exactly. <laughs> this card will 100% see play. I like it. And good point about arena. I mean, oh my god, pick these up early and
0: often.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine the arena where the guy gets, like, five of these. Like, it's just going to be dumb.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Because <laughs> it's a common. Like, you can't take that part not into consideration, right?
0: Oh, yeah, true. a common. Even just having two of them in arena is probably pretty solid. Ugh. Hope I don't go against that guy. <laughs> All right. And now we go against a gray beard mentor. Four man. Oh, we're not going go against him them. <laughs> Great Beard Mentor is a four mana two two summon. Draw a random shout from your deck. Um, I like this card. I mean, especially this. You know, shouts being pretty strong, especially something like Call of Valor we just saw. Have, having something to you know play. Because I mean, one main thing that's holding shouts back is fifty card deck drawing them. Uh, I think this. Huh. That's a good amount. I mean, as adds consistency. I do like consistency. But you're playing a 4-mana 2-2, so depending on if you're playing them on turn 4, uh, if there's not a lot of pressure on the board, that's great. Then again, if you're the aggressor, might not be so bad, but I'm lukewarm about this card. What would you say, Charmer?
1: Um, I think lukewarm is correct um if he was a two three even right like if he just didn't die to firebolt i think i would be happier um he's, i mean he's obviously he's he's good at cycling and getting you a card and he's going to get you a specific card so i mean he's got that going for him but in terms of like control decks um if it's anything like major intelligence based like I don't think you would play this guy over Elusive Schemer, for example. Um, and for, you know, depending on the decks, like, there might be times where I would even consider, like, Merchant's Camel to still be better than this in some ways, right? Like, I don't know. Again, it's I guess it's going to depend on how crazy the Shouts end up being, but, um, yeah, he just... He doesn't trade up very well either, right? Like he just, um, you know, like you're paying four for for him, and so he's not he's not even killing like shitty four drops, you know, <laughs> like that's that's harsh, but that's the truth, right? Like he's at most like uh, a like a finish off trigger, like I don't know. I'm just I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super sold on him and unless the shouts end up being like a huge focal point, which maybe they could be in Mage. Like, I, I don't know what the intelligent shout is, but you know, getting the Valor shout and then playing a bunch of them and then maybe putting them back in your hand with Aaron and then doing it again, maybe that's a thing. Um, getting extra copies from College of Winterhold because that fetches cards that cost you know one and two and three, and as of right now, those are you know all our shouts are three or less, so. I don't know, maybe, but
0: yeah,
1: I'm, I'm kind of eh on it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> your thoughts, Justin.
1: Yeah, I think you guys covered
2: it pretty well. Um, I'm not super into this card. I, you know, it's not for 4 four isn't as bad as uh, as it could be, given the fact that. Um, well, here's the thing: there are matchups where this card, to card, is going to be great, like putting a body on the board and tutoring up a copy of the Willpower Shout could be phenomenal against uh, a control mage deck, for instance. I mean, it, I, I think that would be a, a pretty solid play a lot of the time. Um, and even if they do hit it with a Firebolt, I think that's totally fine. That's one less removal spell, one card out of their hand, and you have a card, you're a card up on them now, which is important in those kinds of matchups. But, um, you know, I'm not searching up a 10-cost card that's going to win me the game either, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm kind of... I think it's pretty weak.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, if I were to run this card, probably never as a three of it. One off me for some odd reason. But personally, I'm giving this card. uh, I'd give it a four out of (laughs) ten. It was just kind of awkward. I mean, of course, being neutral, I think they kind of. The theme of neutral cards, they're a little weaker at times. But. I mean, he replaces himself. He has that going for him. But yeah, four mana two two on turn four. I mean, it depends. <laughs> it could hurt even later on. It's just like it's just hard to play him. And you know, if I'm with control trying to stabilize, he's not really offering more. Thank you for the follow. Christ Almighty! I thought I disabled that. Let me just remove that.
2: I will say like the one place I see this be useful at least is in an alter deck that really wants to get a hold of its shout for some reason. Being able to consistently tutor up your card that tutors up your spell could be great. Okay. So
0: what would you rate the card?
2: I mean I'll give the card a, a four or a three. I mean a three or four out of out of ten. But um I mean, very niche into the types of decks you're going to want to play this. I actually think that we'll probably see quite a bit of this in the, in the first few weeks, because people are going to want to be playing their shouts and stuff, but I don't think
1: it's particularly good.
0: Okay, and John, are
1: you I was, like, fully prepared to just give it a 4 out of 10, and I had committed to it, but then Bradford Lee reminded me um, that it could potentially be – kind of like elusive schemers. I don't think it's good as elusive schemer, but like when I consider this in an alter deck, right, it's, it's like your neutral elusive schemer now. So you don't just have to play alter assassin. Um, Cause it is the, the summon effects. Okay. So I'm going to say five, I'm going to go from a four to a five out of ten because I was not yet factoring in like using alter to fetch this guy and then we sacrifice him again the next turn.
0: Okay. Like it. Alright, next card is now one of my favorite mechanics that's introduced into this, beast form. For those who don't know what beast form is, uh certain Nords when you break a room turn into a werewolf. So we have a circle initiates is a two mana, two two red card Nord with Prophecy, Beast Form plus two, plus one, and she'll turn and she'll turn into her werewolf form, which is a two mana four three. Uh, as you can see, even when silenced, there's no point in silencing here. You can't... Want, it looks like once Beast Form is triggered, that effect is permanent. Something to note. So now, this being off of Prophecy is great. Especially a Prophecy Battle Mage. Just playing this on turn two doesn't feel too bad. It becoming a 4-3 after breaking a rune and an aggressive deck is fantastic. So, <laughs> I'm liking the way this card is. I mean, Aggro definitely needed some tools to be... And not so punished by the prophecy system. Uh Trimer, your thoughts.
1: Um, I I really like I love werewolves. Like I'm not even ashamed of it, right? Like I got a thing for them. So anytime that they're throwing more in, I'm excited. And I'm excited <laughs> for the Beast 4 mechanic. And I really, really, really want to see how else this materializes. But this card in particular, I'm not sure. That I'm fully sold on. Um, it's really only going to, in my opinion, be good in aggressive strategies. Probably, again, like Prophecy Battle Mage. I'm not sure that I run this over other cards that would be in the two slot. Um, because, like, on turn two like on curve like this isn't the one you want to be playing like i would almost still rather play a crocodile just like on curve on turn two from hand like if you get off prophecy that's great but um you know if i play this and i'm relying on this to get my damage in right like i gotta attack three times with this thing just before it changes itself now again in an aggro deck if you're not following it up with more damage, then there's something wrong. But I'm just saying, like, worst-case scenario, you play this, you play your second thing, it gets killed, and blah, blah, blah. Um, It's just not good. There's also the other underlying problem is that this is reliant on rune breaks. So in the late game, when you've got that control deck down to, like, four health and you're trying to finish them off, um, anything with beast form is going to be basically a dead draw, which kind of bums me out a bit. So... Um I'm excited for the mechanic, but for this card in particular, I'm not necessarily super high on it.
0: Okay. And Justin, your thoughts.
1: Um, so
2: I kinda I'm kinda gonna take a different look at this. Uh personally I kinda think of this as the strength, the red uh during cut purse, right? And then granted you do have to break a rune as opposed to just pilfering. But I don't know, I think this card's really strong. I, I, I think this is another one of the cards we're definitely gonna see play. I think that uh this will probably replace the 3 2 with garden prophecy um in uh, warrior decks and in um decks and in uh archer decks and in um crusader lists. I just think this card's really good. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm gonna give this card. because This is this with aggro, something aggro needed. I'm gonna go ahead and toss this at a eight out of ten. I mean, not the best on turn two, and of course late game top deck. This is kind of rough to get, but we don't. Again, I'm i giving it an eight out of ten with the hopes that there may be cards with synergies for beast form that may give you you know, maybe a support that you, know, you play it and it's a trigger beast form, you know, Blood, mood or some, blood Moon or something like that. So, yeah. hopefully something like that is what I'm thinking of. So, A little out of 10, now. what do you think, Justin?
2: Seven, uh, actually, I'll go with 8 out of 10. I anticipate this card's going to be all over the place.
0: Okay, and your thoughts, Charma reading?
1: Um, so I'm, I'm going to be the guy, uh, and you can feel free to come back in a month and tell me how wrong I am. But, uh, I give this a five out of 10. I think it's really good in arena and that's about it. I think that in constructed, I, I don't think it holds up to cut purse because cut purse, they have like the one turn to respond and then it's out of firebolt range. And then it's out of execute range. I think that the activation cost for this is too high. And I think that being, um, You know, even silenceable, uh, like, on the first get-go, no, less likely, right? So cut first is silenceable at any point. Like this, you have to get it off the first try. But I just, I feel like this card is too brittle, and I'm not happy playing it on turn two, really great out of the gate. And uh, I'm excited for the mechanic, but I I think that we'll see a bunch of it in the first week or two, and then I think it's going to fade away because I think it's just too brittle and not reliable enough, personally.
2: I just transformed into disappointed in you, Charmer.
1: Yeah, I know. I, and I'm, I'm okay with being wrong. There's a part of me that hopes I'm wrong because I want to play some werewolves, but I just, I, I legitimately think that uh, it'll be played a bunch in the beginning, and then it's going to get weeded out and favorable of more consistent uh, options because I just don't think this is consistent enough. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well,
0: a few months, we'll be chilling in Charmer's dream to spam me. I told you it's so not. <laughs> All right. Looking at the next card, a oh, Palace Prowler. She is a. Is she right? Yeah. She is a one-one Khajiit Green with Drain and Pilfer. Gain one Magic of this turn. Uh, I mean, I guess she's okay for one drop. But I mean, if which is she go, I'd probably Monk, right? Uh, gain one Magicka this turn. So on turn two, if you get swing nothing you'll have three Magicka. I guess that's cool. I think I'd still rather play, I don't know, Descendant of Akkosh? is it called? The Moon, the one praying to the Moon. Khajiit, I'd really, if I, was, if, I, if I had to choose between having a one-drop and Monk in my hand. However, maybe in other decks, she may be available. Hell, maybe, it's, I don't like this card. I'm, Uh eh, I don't like it. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm just going to say I don't like it, it's... Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, because again, 10 or 2, you can play a 3-drop. If you have the ring, you can play a 4-drop. So getting you a bit of ramp could be pretty interesting. But I think she's just like a cheaper, worse, horrible crook in a sense. But again, I could be wrong. So I'm going to hand this off to Trimer. What do you think?
1: Um, I, th- I think this one's going to be one of the toughest things to judge its value without seeing it in practice, because... The high rolls are insane with this and like top decking this late feels horrible. So unless you've got maybe some other stuff that are synergizing with like the one point of health from the drain or other things to buff it, um, late game, you don't want to draw this, but this is absolutely a one drop that I want in my hand. If I'm playing like ramp or control for hundred percent, the reason you said, right? Like if you've got, if you've got the ring and you play this, you're forcing your opponent to respond to a one, one, or they're going to eat a hive defender the next turn. Right. Like you're just playing. This is going to put your opponent in that, like feeling of unease if it's on that first turn. Right. But any other time it's not going to feel like that great to draw and play this card. So I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I probably, it's probably not good. Um, and I, I'm probably going to rate it conservatively as so, but I'm really interested in testing the shit out of this because the upside is is interesting. I I totally agree. This is
2: a really huff, tough card for me to rate because... I mean, the dream was always turn two or turn three uh, Tree Speaker into turn th- three or turn four. Hiss Mage. Hiss Mage, but... This lets you go even more broken than that. I mean, you can drop this turn 1. Even without the Ring of Magicka, this turn 1, Tree Minder turn 2, and the Hiss Mage turn 3. That's a lot of ramp potential. Now, the magical fantasy land that you have to live in in order for this thing to uh, actually pull that off is, uh, you know, not the kind of place you visit a lot of the time. But I don't know, I just... I mean, there's so much to think about in my mind. The fact that it has drain means that people who were designing this card thought quite a bit about it right because it's got you know abilities that aren't really relevant with each other um so it's it's there to fill a slot and i i too will be testing with this card i i'm guessing it won't be good enough but i just feel like it could be and there's and then i'm just not used to playing with a card like this because there isn't any other card like this
0: yeah i mean it's definitely built to tilt players you know like this. It's, it's that that scout high roll dream, you know, palace prowler, into tree binder, into Thorn in his Maiden to just concede because it's over already. <laughs> it's always a good time, but I don't know. I think I wish it didn't have drain. It was like a two one. Maybe that's just me. I just I'd rather it lose drain. I think on this was,
2: I think it's easily the second most powerful one drop creature in the game.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I would like to see it lose drain and maybe gain a stat. Somewhere, maybe a two one would personally be my preference, but I leave I mean, it a five out of ten because on turn two, playing a three mana card can be very relevant. Even if you don't have the ring, you know, turn t- you have the ring, turn two high fit defender is pretty insane. Even if you don't turn two, heck man, whatever you have, an assassin dagger follow me is going to be too isn't too bad. So being able to play one, a, a stronger creature a bit earlier. Irrelevant is just the fact that if you don't really get in that opening hand, it just feels really awkward. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 10. And your thoughts, Justin?
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it a, well, it looks like a 1 out of 10, to be honest with you. But I I am prepared to, you know, I'd love to discover that I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to be good enough.
0: Okay. and
1: charmer. Um <clears throat> this is a solid uh 2 out of 10 with 6 out of 10 meme capability. <laughs> like that's again like the high rolls are the kind of stuff that like you want to clip for YouTube but not the sort of thing you want to climb the ladder with. Right? Like that's that's the best way I know how to describe it. Like you're going to have like one out of every ten games, something amazing is going to happen, and it's going to feel great. And then if you're trying to climb the ladder, you're going to go play something else. So I want to love this card, and I'm certainly going to test it just for, for giggles, but um, I just I don't think there's enough there.
0: All right. I think the verdict is we're disappointed in Torvald. younger sister. So we move on to an interesting card simply titled Loot, as well as one mana, item, plus one, plus two. The wielder is immune to silence. At first, I really didn't like this card. It's kind of like blah. But I've kind of thought about it. It's you know, being immune to silence and adding some stats is pretty insane. Like say for something like if I get this on a Naha Gleave, I now have a what, an eight mana, a eight, an eight nine that can't be targeted by spells and is immune to silence.
1: If you if you get this on a Nahgleave, what you have is something still bounced by belligerent giant. That's what you have.
0: Stop. <laughs> and and <laughs> then even, even worse, like the charging viper card. You know,
1: that <laughs> or, is so true.
0: Or FGR <laughs> Manticora. Hey, look. But let's just say a perfect world, my opponent just doesn't have any answers because I just lucked out. <laughs> but this card, I mean, an item that can't be silenced, that makes me feel okay about it. Uh, For because typically that's one of the biggest drawbacks about items is they play that they play one of the fun police cards, uh, your nice items kind of gone, and its effect is only immune to si- uh, its effect being immune to silence. and uh, it, it being one mana is probably more key to me. Otherwise, any other mana costs, <laughs> you know, even at two mana, I don't think I'd be interested in this card. But at on one mana, I actually kind of like it. You know, as someone in chat mentioned, it's like steel material. almost. Like, you're missing one step, but you're also going to be in the silence. Stephanie, would you put it on? Could be pretty relevant. Your thoughts, Justin?
2: Deserves some testing in a uh, Gardener of Swords deck, for sure.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, I also
2: perfect. think it's one of the best things you can pull with a Plunder, since it might help protect the uh, other
1: item you get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Charmer. Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think that it might be a tech card in item sorcerer or just gardener of swords decks. Um, it's something that you're probably okay with landing if you have played Merrick and it ends up on one of your random creatures. I think that like, even when you just think about like practical uses, right? Like you've told us this on like a dagger fall mage, it takes it out of execute range and now they can't silence it, which means you're likely going to get the tome or they spend like hard removal on it. So like it kind of becomes a win. But then the reverse is if they do turn around and they like edict it or javelin it or whatever, then you still two for one to yourself. So like how much did you gain from that? I don't know. Um I think that there's certainly uses for it. Um I it could theoretically protect Crystal Tower Crafter and make that thing almost relevant again. <laughs> but um yeah I don't I don't I don't know. I think for me, the biggest problem is just that we're, again, without seeing the other cards, but just basing it on uh, what we know as the current meta today. um, There are so many willpower based control decks out there that I just feel like even though this protects you from silence, um, you're still setting yourself up for a two for one. Um, and if it's not willpower, it's something that runs Belligerent Giant, right? Like, there's no in-between. You're either going to get Javelin, you're going to get Manticord, or you're going to get bounced. and this doesn't protect against any of those. This really only protects, at this point, against Earthbone Spinner. Um, Shadowfen Priest isn't as, like, rampant as it used to be, so uh, Spinner is the the boogeyman here, Um, and I, I don't know if that's worth it at the moment, so...
0: All right. Yeah, I think I'd rate this card, oh uh, five five. Uh, yeah, I guess five. It's kind of the two for one potential sucks. I mean, it's kind of hoping your opponent doesn't have an answer, but with yellow show decks being probably the most popular, Manticore, Jav, heck, this dies to anything if you trigger Fire's Good Recruit. So Viper kind of fell out of favor, but Astrid's around. And heck, the Shackle Spider kind of shut your hopes and dreams down. Uh, of course, the Fun Police Carved Giant exists. Shutting down your loops. Uh 5 out of 10. What are your thoughts on that, Charmer? Rating?
1: Yeah... I mean, I'm going to give it a five just because of potential for Gardener of Swords, but that's about it. Like, I don't think this is ever a card outside of a Gardener deck where you're running even multiples of it. Like, it might be a tech card or something, but, um, you know, there are there are certain cards that you want to, like, keep alive, high-priority targets, right? You throw this on uh, a Quinral Burglar, uh, you throw this on a Sower, um there you know there's a couple of that I can think of right now that could benefit from it, but again, like belligerent giant's still a thing, javelin's still a thing, so I don't know. Um I'll I'll go with a five, I think. Yeah, yeah five out of ten
2: sounds real reasonable. All right. I i it fits into the Gardener decks and I don't know what else. You know, maybe uh Flesh Atronach, maybe our
0: secrets. Hmm. Okay. Oh, so Uh, Actually, Daisy brings up a good point. If we had sideboards, this card might be good. So maybe in some kind of rump, gauntlet, or tournament format. So if they include a sideboard, this could be an interesting tech card. For something. But, yeah, definitely. But for now, yeah, I think we can agree on a 5 out of 10. Now here <laughs> is one of my favorite cards from the sets. I hope I say this right. World Eater's Ivy? I think that's said. It. It's a six mana red support. When you summon a creature that costs seven or more power, double its power and health. That just... For a slow red deck, man, I can imagine playing this. Heck, the next card you play a Vigilant Giant. Let me go ahead. Feel free to bounce your opponent's card and get a 14-8. <laughs> if this isn't answered right away... Um, Jesus, vigilant giants, heck, rage combos. I thought I was the, the, the dream of the meme of having like a vigilant giant out with this on and getting Damora Mecha, sorry, whatever his name is, Damora with the M on and just really smacking, <laughs> doubling that 16 to a 32 32 for the sake of this crushing people. <laughs> Uh, it, it deserves, it's one of those cards, it's kind of cool because it deserves an answer right away. If not an answered, it just could flat out run away with the game. <laughs> I think this is a sweet design, but at the same time, this is like, maybe you feel bad to not draw an answer to this card, kind of view, like not drawing that Shadow Fend, not drawing that removal or that um, Giant or Rish's Drug, and we're not sure what else support move they've added any, so uh, I think that's something they may want to be careful with. But, I like it a lot so far. Justin, your thoughts? Uh,
2: I mean, I don't want to be, like, raining on people's parades here because it's an exciting card, but this card does nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I mean, like, at least with Rothgar Forge, you can combine it with a zero-cost um, Nord Firebrand the turn you play it, or you can stack your deck full of Prophecy cards. Uh, you know, you just never get that out of this card. That said, there are certainly going to be matchups where this card is completely insane. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's better than Munda Stone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Okay. And Charmer, your views.
1: So the this card is... In my opinion, this is like one of the uh, best rock, paper, scissors cards that I can think of, right? Because in certain matchups, I think I 100% agree with Justin. You play this, and it's going to get Belligerent Giant, right? Um, With some of the other cards we've seen, I imagine more people will be at least trying some of the ramp strategies again, so there's a strong chance you're going to play this, and it's going to get Shadowfin Priest, right? But against say, Control Mage, which has been really popular lately, and just kind of period historically, Um, if they're not one of the Control Mages running Vicious Dreg, this card is immediately a problem for Control Mage. Um, You know, it makes your Belligerent Giants no longer die to Lightning Bolt. Um, Honestly, like, I think of, again, like some of the memey stuff you can do in Archer with this, with Eclipse Baroness. Um... It makes Chorus Reaper almost not suck. I say almost, it still sucks. But you know what I mean? Like now that card, you don't feel bad about paying seven for it, or heavens forbid, the Nest. Uh, you know, two 10 nines that uh, whack your opposing lanes for a bit seems pretty good. So TazCAD is the obvious one. Uh, you stack a couple of these and you can start setting up OTK potential with TazCAD, or, um, you know, if there's other cards with charge. So, like, I can see potential there, but there's also just as many scenarios where this card either does nothing or is immediately answered that um, it really, it is to me, it really is just like a rock, paper, scissors card. It's really, really good in like two or three matchups, um, specifically against Control Monk and Control Mage if they don't have the Vicious Dreg. I think this can grind out some value for you, but I don't, I guess for me, so here's the other part to it. I don't know that even in those matchups where this card would be good. I don't know that this is immediately better than Rothgar Forge. Cause Rothgar Forge, you're going to get on all like it makes all your top decks good potentially. Right. Even if you draw that, you know, two drop late in the game, it's something where this is, you have to play it and draw your late game that you kind of already wanted or needed anyway. So I don't know. Um, it could be amazing again without seeing other cards in the set. If we have a way to protect supports, um, if there are other cards that have charge or immediate impacts that cost seven or more, then maybe. But uh, right now, it's it's not like super exciting for me.
0: Word up! I mean, this is going to be awesome when I punish Rathalos and then play a Night Shadow. I'm like, bam! No, but seriously, uh. <laughs> I think this is an interesting card, but I, God, I actually I know that interaction is going to happen. I'm going to play Wrath of Sithis, and they're going to play freaking Night Shadow, and I'm going to be like, I don't have an answer for that. I have a lightning bolt and a fireball and something in my hand, and won't be able to deal with it and just cry myself to sleep. But I'm going to give this card right now, in slow meadows, it's pretty sweet. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I like this card. I think there's potential there. I mean, sure, it's only about... It Someone actually mentioned in the chat, a good point. Paying a mana support for, like, what, like, 10%, maybe less of your deck. But it's pretty impactful, in my opinion. <laughs> Again, like, that build your and Giant. Like, this and then being able to get a build your and Giant out. Just sending... It's pretty insane play, but... I mean, there's counterplay, as every card should. Hmm. So, yeah, I'll leave it at 7 out of 10. Uh, Charm, are your thoughts?
1: For me, it's like it's basically like an overcosted tech card. Like I'm, I'm gonna say five out of ten, and that's assuming that there's probably going to be some sort of OT OTK deck that people craft out of it. But even in that case, uh, you're probably playing two or three of these to trigger the OTK. Uh, so that's playing multiple cards that cost six that don't advance your board state that also have to not get answered. Um, I just, I just don't. I like I said, we we haven't seen everything, but like I'm gonna give it a five. Out of 10. To me, this is. Uh, I'm not even sure this is as useful as loot that I gave a five out of ten. Right? Um, it's a great rock paper scissors card. It's it's got potential to shine in a couple of matchups, but I don't think that it's better than Rothgar Forge even in those matchups. So um, we're gonna give it a tentative five out of ten. Okay. And
0: your thoughts, Justin? uh yeah i'll give it a uh
2: i'm gonna give it a 4 out of 10 with the uh note that um in a couple of weeks uh look forward to a video where i kill somebody with a thirty-six, thirty-six uh creature <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, man, you just look at that shadow Mayor dream going that's right <laughs> they will not expect the shadow mare smack in their face i know i'm just gonna be extremely infuriated when i can't remove this as playing control mage and somebody gets that 12 12 task had. On me, and it's like, well, that felt good. (laughs) But all right. The Timmy in me says, play this card hardcore, though. All right. So, now (laughs) I'm loving this card. There's the name and the art Grizzly Gourmet. Three mana, (laughs) two, one. Transform an enemy creature with two or less power into a sweet roll. (laughs) Um. So, I mean, this. Rex, Daggerfall Mage, right? Which is a card I hear quite often people don't like to have to with and it's a turn of three. Um, personally, I... I mean, there's going to be more like cards with two power introduced that are worth getting rid of. I mean, heck, that... Ugh. Dark Guardian, another card that's kind of just, just Rex. Um... Don't, actually, as, as cool as this card is, I'm looking really little on it. Personally, I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10. Myself, a uh, 5 out of 10. It's cool. Oh, Ruins, but more Spymaster 2. That's not that played. Some might play that that often. <laughs> but.
2: I think, I think we got to give a huge shout out to whoever designed this card because this is like one of the most amazing. <laughs> uh examples of a card that feels like the character from the game that I've ever seen. Like I love that aspect of it. You know, this guy chops up people and eats them, the sweet rolls, like it's amazing. So props to that.
0: Okay. Definitely. And your thoughts, Charmer?
1: Um I mean yeah, I would agree. I give it a ten out of ten on flavor. Nice. <laughs> um <laughs> And I would give it a I feel like this is probably somewhere in the six to seven out of ten range. Um, Strictly because I think that you want to run execute still, even if you're also running this. And I almost wonder if running this on top of execute is too much like they're competing. But usually you want to execute because you want to respond to whatever that high quality 2-drop is before it has a chance to get out of control, right? Think about your your Daring cut purses or um, whatever else. Uh, This guy's still really good at taking out, say, like a Goblin Skulk, but if you don't have the ring, um, you know, they might get a swing in on you or multiples. So, uh, this thing still does take out uh, like Dark Guardian, uh, Daggerfall Mage, so it does have uses there. But, again, like for me anyway, uh, I think execute's probably still the right choice because of wanting it at, you know, as early as possible. And I don't know if you run execute and this because sometimes I'm already tripping over my executes. And with the meta potentially shifting to slower, potentially shifting to dragons and so on and so forth, execute might even go down in value. So uh, yeah, I feel like six out of 10 is probably where it's, likely at even if it is 10 out of 10 flavor
2: i want to say too that you can kind of mitigate the downside of running three executes and three of these fellas if you're on cloud illusionist in your deck um a play to combo this with cloud Illusionist, but that's about the time that you're going to want to take down something with six or uh less power too so i don't know i think this card is pretty strong i like it i'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a six 6.5. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, I think it'll see play. I don't think it's great.
0: Oh, huh Victor, up. Make whole... All right, so Dazer's trying to meme. It is made. Make homemade protein bars, guys. Calm down. <laughs> They're looking up on my tabs. Dazer's the biggest troll. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm going to mod my channel. <laughs> but all right. I think we covered covered Grimsy, May. Uh... Let's see. Legit. I'm not sold on the card, but we'll see. And now another card called Midnight Snack. 2 mana, 2 and 2, Prophecy Guard, Last Grass. It's a neutral, by the way, Nord. Looks like they're breaking the color schemes a bit here. With the um. thing there was there. Reduce the cost of a random dragon in your hand by 1. And that's the last grass. 2 2, Prophecy Guard. Um, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. Looks like it's okay. I mean, could be okay. I mean, reducing... I do like the fact, the interaction of reducing cards in your hand by one. A dragon and dragon deck. It's a prophecy, which is cool. So a slower deck, getting a 2-2 two, two guard can be pretty solid. Plus a 2-2 two, two card guard that reduces a card, it's a random a card in your hand by one. Could be pretty damn impactful. That's, you know, playing that Drain Dragon a turn earlier could be all the difference. It's so... I'm giving it a 5 out of 10 to see what other dragons are out there. That may go up or down. I think it's all around good. I really like this card. Maybe a 8 out of 10. Eh, 7.5, I'd say, even. Prophecy and Guard really make this card, I think, solid. And then the Last Grasp... Um, you to reduce a card in your hand, this is a very powerful effects, and your thoughts charmer
1: um, I do like this card. I think that it's it's good enough like to even run an arena even if you don't have dragons, just because of the prophecy and the guard, so like the two two prophecy guard for two is you know, okay. It's like, it's not great, but it's not bad. Um, I think this thing takes a pretty significant rise in value. If you're playing a lot of dragons, Um, getting any sort of reduction is great. I also like that this triggers on the last gasp. Um, I think of scenarios where, you know, you potentially get your dragon reduced in cost from like a thieves guild recruit draw, and then you get it further reduced because you played this and it died. So I'm looking at you turn four Nahaglieve. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, Now, those things being said, I'm not sure that this ends up being like amazing, right? Like it's, it's good enough and it has like good synergies, but it's not like, it doesn't wow me necessarily. So like for me, I would probably say it's like a six out of 10, um, because it's only going to be likely in a couple of archetypes and then, um, you know, it's okay, but it's not like great in those archetypes.
0: All
2: right, and Justin. Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think the card's cute, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so there's a couple ways that I, th- I was thinking about this. Like, it takes Scout Ramp for example. Like, there are a lot of uh, you know two drops, three drops uh, that that deck runs that are that, that serve a purpose. But their primary function <laughs> is to make sure that you can eventually cast your giant ridiculous creatures. And, uh, you know, whether this car- card sees play, I think, is going to be dependent upon whether or not the deck you're playing is going to get more value out of this than they would out of a Thieves Guild Recruit or a uh, the 3-3 with Prophecy that gives you completed contracts or fighters guild recruit, you know, all, all those kinds of cards. Um looking at it right now, I think the answer is probably no. But, you know, so which really just leaves the types of places that can't run, you know, the green cards as places you could see this seeing play. And I'm not sure that uh those decks are going to be using this to discount their dragons um by one kind of not very reliably. So uh I'm not a huge fan. I'll give it like a 4 4 to 5. All
0: right. Verdict on Midnight Snack, which I just realized he's called Midnight Snack because he's about to get eaten by a dragon. Very flavorful. <laughs> just got that because his last guys reduced the dragon because it's high, it's fed. It's... <laughs> That's awesome. Alright, and the final card Encumbered Explorer is a 1 mana, 2 3 purple Imperial card with Shackle Encumbered Explorer after he attacks. Very interesting card as a 1 drop. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I can see him in this lower deck tossing him out just to test the field lane against aggressive decks, just to kind of throw it out there, and it's like, you know, I am not. I don't necessarily plan on attacking your face around this, and I can get this to kill a creature. Sh- unfortunately, shackle the following turn. I assume you come up with a follow-up, a follow-up answer, because it'll be unshackled the next turn as you play another card to answer, and then you get your 2-3 back. So, uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I actually like this card. I can kind of see it working out. Heck, if you if you're really using one of those funky silence decks, you may be able to uh, get more value out of this. Uh, I'm gonna give this one six out of ten, just because if I'm playing a slower deck, I'm probably not trying to attack too often. Uh, just trading up with other creatures from one to two. Drop even uh, the hmm. I'm gonna drop that to five ten. This could have potential to be kinda chill. but At the same time it's being shackled for a whole turn, I mean it's just with the anti-shackle card maybe, but mm, I, can, I don't know. I'm going it a five, maybe fading down to a four point five out of ten. I'm gonna leave it a five out of ten, cause I hmm, yeah, would we'll say four four five. I'm gonna give it both. <laughs> <laughs> but it kinda sucks, but it's kind of okay. But it kinda also really sucks. That's my thoughts. So I'll toss it to you, Justin. What do you think? Uh
2: I think this is one of the most powerful cards revealed so far. I think that uh the more tempo-oriented the meta becomes, you know, if that's the direction it goes, the better this card gets for control decks. I think that this card will see play in a lot of uh Every control deck running purple, maybe even scout ramp um, the potential to two for one your opponent's early game with a uh is just incredible, so yeah, I think it's really strong um, obviously it has some synergy with the silences and stuff that you can run in purple but yeah, card's good in my opinion I'll, i would give it a uh, eight out of ten I expect to see it
0: very nice, and your thoughts
1: armor? I mean, I'm in the same camp that I think it's a control card. Um, It reminds me a lot of Zombie Chow. It's a one drop, two, three meant to just kind of contest early. Now, you can't like back-to-back trade into things and obviously I think that it would be more powerful if it gave your opponent health because then you could put them off from uh, gaining runes and whatever, but like, I think for me, th- th- see, the value to me for this card is that it helps to potentially dictate what your opponent is going to do early, right? So if you are going first and you drop this in the field lane, they either have to be playing like spell sword or something with three health, or you're pushing them like immediately into the shadow lane, right? So... In terms of control, you're typically wanting to, um, you know, dictate what they're doing, right? And so I think there's a, there's a benefit in that. Even if you don't get back-to-back attacks, like if this eats a 2-2 and then you don't get to attack for a turn, but then you get to swing later, like it's a long-term investment, which is, again, just fine for control. You're paying one Magicka to likely trade up into something, so it's good from an efficiency standpoint, um, you know, if you're not running, say, Sorcerer, where you don't have access to this and Firebolt, um, this is like a delayed Firebolt in many ways. You're paying one to do likely just two to something um, that you may or may not get to use more than once. So, I mean, yeah, there's the negative there, but from like a control standpoint, I fully see uh, the value in this. Um, the downside, though, right, is unlike Firebolt, you can't hit things immediately. So if you're trying to say Contest Goblin Skulk, uh, it's going to get at least one trigger. Cut Curse still gets out of control and this can't answer. So there are drawbacks. Um, And obviously they can avoid this by going to the other lane. So while you're dictating what they do and you push them to the shadow lane, you then still need to follow up and have a response to it. So there is negatives, but I think it's, uh, you know... I, I think that there's enough value there that I, I expect it to see play in at least some control decks for sure. Um I'm somewhere I would say like I'm a six point five out of ten. Um and that's on the premise that we that I expect to see spell sword and sorcerer controls at least tested in the early rounds. Um if it's uh you know if, if those start seeing play, I think it sees play in those decks. Maybe even warrior control too, I don't know.
0: Okay, cool. Well, that is the cards we have today. Man, we went on longer on this part than I actually expected. Okay, which is not good bad. We had a lot, which means we just had an in depth look at each of the cards. Great to hear some other opinions other than my own. Definitely altered my influence on some of the cards. Influenced my decisions on some of the cards would be the proper way to speak, but it's late. Man, yeah, we went over. We went for like an hour and forty minutes. Jesus, that's awesome! Gift for uh, living
2: on the East Coast, man. You got to move out west, <laughs>
0: right? All uh, right, but I would like to thank my. Uh, well, actually, before I say the final thank you, was there anything else you guys want to mention? All I'm
2: right. really, uh, I'm really glad that you uh, you're doing this podcast, man. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I think you should keep it up because I think a lot of people are into podcasts, and uh, you could be the one.
0: Sounds good to me. Uh, Charmer, any final thoughts?
1: Um, this was fun. We should do it again sometime. I can't wait to see more of the set.
0: All right, most certainly. Awesome. Well, I do want to thank Charmer and Justin for um, coming out to you know the podcast, doing this with me. I really appreciate that. That was freaking awesome. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you all for all the viewers. I'll be chopping this up, of course, putting it on YouTube. Uh, blog, talk, radio, and, of course, iTunes, and a few other things I was talking to people about. Um, So, again, thank you all. This has been a lot of fun.